people have so many things in their day that they're so busy with now that every minute counts to them. And it's important for us to know that. And as we make improvements across the system, we're going to be giving people back those minutes and we're going to give them more reliability in their daily lives and their commutes. And I think that will also attract them back to the T. Welcome to Spilling the Tea, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the MBTA. I'm your host, Andrew Cassidy of the MBTA's Customer and Employee Experience Department. And in each episode, we'll be diving deep into the inner workings and issues facing our organization. With that, I'd like to introduce our first guest, MBTA General Manager and CEO, Phil Eng. An engineer by training, Phil Eng joined the MBTA in April of 2023 as its General Manager and CEO with more than 40 years of transit experience, including at the Long Island Railroad and New York City's MTA. Mr. General Manager, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. So I guess my first question for you, why did you want to lead the MBTA? coming out of retirement to take on such a large challenge? Well, there's something about public service, um, having been doing that for 40 years of my life, that I think I missed, and I know I missed. The ability to make a difference in the workplace that you're at, but also for the public that you serve, in a way where the responsibilities are tremendous, but also the benefits are equally as important to the people that we're serving. So I think from that perspective, it was the excitement of taking on a new challenge, but again, in the area where I'm familiar with, but also in a new environment. So uh, there was a lot of bonuses and pluses to this challenge, meeting new people, new projects, new initiatives, uh, but just following the stories too on the plight of the T and the workforce and, and feeling that I could contribute and make a difference. So exciting times ahead. Well, we're definitely happy to have you leading the ship. There's definitely a, a palpable buzz about the MBTA workforce and even the riders that I've spoken with, that feeling of optimism. But as we talk about you know, what the state of the MBTA is, can you kind of provide us a little bit more insight of kind of where the status quo is right now and what the major challenges are that are facing the MBTA? Sure. And you, know, you mentioned a little bit about optimism, and I think that's important in everything we do, right? We have to believe and know that we can deliver, regardless of the challenge ahead of us. And that challenge, while it's large, we have a lot of issues across the system due to years and years of disinvestment, but that doesn't mean we can't figure out how to solve this, right? It's about making wise decisions, meaningful areas that provide the best benefit to our system, our ability to operate from a safety perspective, but also from a customer perspective. There are so many areas from Obviously, the thing that's been front and center with the public when I joined was safety and speed restrictions. But those are core values that we have to hold to us anyway, right? Safety being whether you're in an office, riding the trains, walking the streets, you know, it has to be something where people know it's a safe environment for them. And we want that for the public that uses the T. And we want our employees to know that we're providing them a safe environment. Speed restrictions is a different thing. That's the quality of the trip. That is the amount of time that you spend. And people have so many things in their day that they're so busy with now that every minute counts to them. And it's important for us to know that. And as we make improvements across the system, 
We're going to be giving people back those minutes and we're going to give them more reliability in their daily lives and their commutes. And I think that will also attract them back to the T, help us longer term, right? The importance of the ridership and the vibrancy that comes with a robust system when people are just buzzing about and going in and out. I think all of us welcome that. The 4th of July event, where I know all of us who are watching everyone else celebrate with barbecues and family gatherings, you know, we were all working. But there's a buzz about that when you know we have a large task ahead of us. How do you get thousands and thousands of people through the system in a short window in a very concentrated area as well and do it safely and do it effectively? But when you watch it and you watch people deliver, there's that sense of pride that not everyone else sees because it's all internal to us. But that comes out. And I think that's another reason why people come to work to the T and so many actually stay and make a career out of it. I think that's definitely uh, an underlying thing for a lot of the employees here, if not every one of them. It's being a part of something, having that tangible impact on not just Boston, but you know the entire Massachusetts community with the work that's being done. And, and on your note about optimism, I always liken the MBTA. I know you're a Mets fan, but I was liking it to the Red Sox. And you know, sometimes it'll make you cheer, sometimes maybe not. Uh, but we're always still kind of rooting for it, and it's in everyone's best interest when it works out well. One of the major reasons for this podcast is really just about transparency. It's about kind of pulling back the curtain for our riders, for stakeholders across the board. How is the MBTA working to improve transparency within the organization? And then what steps are being taken to ensure that the public, as well as our employees, are well informed about the decisions that you and other leadership members are making? Well, one of the things I've noticed is that we are have so many activities ongoing, and they're being done, obviously, across many different functional groups. And what we're trying to do here is to make sure that we are coordinated and that we have our messaging together. Because some of the things that I'm seeing is that we certainly can do better at sharing why we are doing things, the benefits of those things that we're doing, and what it means to whether it's our employees or the public, what it means to them when it's done. And that's important because I've seen over the years that the public is much more engaged, uh, much more knowledgeable, and rightly so, because at the end of the day, if we deliver a project or we deliver some service, the key is, is it the service that they need and, and expect? And with their input, we can make sure at the very early stages, we're doing just that. I think the transparency part comes to a trust thing as well. The more information we share, the better feedback you get, but at the end of the day, It's important for them to know what they have supported or even in some cases objected to. That information is important for them. And sometimes when you're serving such a diverse and large geographic area, such as the whole Commonwealth, a decision made on one project may not be easily understood by another geographic area outside of that location. And I think sometimes it's important to show why there's benefits to that. You know, so for instance, right now we're focused on speed restrictions along JFKU Master Quincy. When someone will say, what about the speed restrictions in our area? I think the key important thing is if you're riding the red line and you're going through that area, that still affects you. So wherever we're working across the system, if your travels take you through those areas, it's important to everybody. And know that a delay over there affects the delay further east or west of a location. So those types of things, I think are important. And at the same time, we have to do better at the messaging. 
And that's both for planned work and messaging for unplanned occurrences. Because in both cases, if people don't have information, that's where the frustration comes in. That's where the lack of trust, lack of confidence in us. And the only way to rebuild that is to just continue to work and focus on improved communication, transparency in what we do. And that's a key priority of ours right now. You've absolutely hit the nail on the head. Trust is is such an integral part to any organization, particularly in this industry. And people like to know that they can rely on the information that's being provided, rely on the service, also have that consistency so they know what to expect, both when things are going well and should something happen. It's a very important thing to build up on. So kind of somewhat related to that, you know, the T's been undergoing a whole bunch of infrastructure upgrades in recent years. Can you maybe share some insights into the projects that are ongoing, maybe what their impact on improving the overall transit experience might be? Well, you know, there's all sorts of projects from small, some things that the public doesn't see, to the larger scale projects. And that could be, for instance, the new service that we are working on for South Coast Rail, right? Those are something that is anticipated and, and welcome and provides new service to folks that are in need of mass transportation opportunities, right? They want to have options aside from driving their cars, let's say. There's also planning types of studies and projects that are important because that are things that we're looking towards building towards the future. You know, one of the things that is part of the capital improvement program that we've added some funds to with the support of the administration is money that allows us to take the red-blue connector to a level of design that will enable us to better assess the costs, better assess the impacts, and have a clearer picture on the ability to deliver that project in the future. Very excited about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's one of those projects that we have to look at, but we also know that we have competing needs, right? The other piece is the state of good repair and maintenance. And I know that stuff is not the kind of stuff that always makes headline, except for perhaps when it's been deferred. But we are going to focus on that too, because at the end of the day, safe, reliable service is the key to the transportation system. We could do all the expansion and modernization projects, but if you can't get to those destinations, at the end of the day, that's, that's not service, right? So our goal is to do both. The balanced program will allow us to do that. A lot of the projects moving forward, I intend to focus on station environment and make sure that our teams are looking at that from a safety perspective, from a cleanliness, and just make sure our stations are welcoming. Now, we have a lot of stations. We have a lot of work. But the intent is to stay focused on this and every year tackle what we need to tackle. And that's prioritizing different locations where our inspections identify areas of need, as well as feedback from the public, too. Right? We hear from them. We know the ones that they are most concerned about, and we'll continue to focus on that too. One thing that I vividly remember, your first day, the day I first met you back in April, I was on the same blue line car as you, and you were more than willing to interact with the riding public. And I know you take the train every day to come to work, but what really struck me was not only did you listen to what people had to say, and especially at that time, speed restrictions were far more severe, so they were really being impacted. But you said the phrase over and over again, we're going to fix that. You said that maybe a dozen times, and I know that you meant it every single time. I also know that because I'm on email chains where I see you identifying things in and around the system. And I think that's just such an important piece to understand that there is an intent 
you know, obviously there is a very large challenge ahead of you, ahead of the organization. But even those small things, whether it be a light bulb that's out or a stretch of rail that needs to be, you know, realigned, that mentality again transcends and then also starts impacting the culture. And then, you know, from that, I want to talk about something that's, I guess, somewhat related and, and really at the core of the speed restrictions, which is safety. Safety has been a major topic for the MBTA for quite some time now. Going back to reports from 2019, FTA mandates, obviously the speed restrictions were done out of a you know, precaution for safety. Can you kind of discuss some of the measures that are being taken right now to ensure the safety of our passengers, of our employees, and really how are we going to transition from being where we are now to really being a model? of what safety and transit, you know, paired together looks like. You know, the one thing I've learned in the years of public service and working at agencies that have gone through challenges, I think one of the most frustrating things internally is the inability to make timely decisions on initiatives and projects. And sometimes that is due to past experiences and the need to analyze things. Um, and that's certainly not a bad thing. We need to analyze what we're doing. But at the same time, at some point, we need to make a decision and move forward. And when you talked about the interaction with the riders and fixing things, I think the important piece of that is that I know myself, if I'm reaching out to an agency or to a business and you get a recorded message or you do not get an answer, that's very frustrating. And so twofold, the public likes to know that they're being heard. But sometimes there's some things that are so easy to address, we should take care of them and we should do them properly, right? The time to do it is now, if it's quick, let's get it done. Um, I think that demonstrates a commitment to the public. It demonstrates our ability to listen and be responsive. With regards to safety and the speed restrictions, you know, the targeted approach that we're taking is, as you mentioned, Andrew, the safety part of this, right? Where are the worst locations that we have that need our attention? And probably, most likely, they coincide with some of our worst speed restrictions, right? That's how we're still ensuring safety, is we've reduced the speed through those zones. The key part about making sure our workforce is safe is planning that work in advance, giving them the right number of hours to do that work, the right tools and working hand-in-hand -hand with FTA and DPU and our own safety group to make sure that we are resourced properly. As I mentioned earlier, that we give them the right amount of time to do the work at the end of the day, that every component, every part of that team is ready to support and that we're managing the number of hours they're working. All of that planning in advance is vital to making sure that when we're done and when we told the public that we would finish that work and lift the closure, that we are actually fulfilling our commitment to them and to the workforce, right? So each one of these, whether it's a single location, a longer stretch, multiple locations, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And then that goes back to then the earlier part of transparent and information for the public. How do we make sure that we're communicating that well enough in advance that the people that use the line, the businesses that rely on people coming through that corridor and the communities that just expect the tea to be available how do we make sure they're fully aware so they can also plan their days around our work that needs to get done? So the safety part is really about communication and making sure people embrace safety, follow safety, and know that we care about them, right? We've really been messaging very hard 
if there's something that we're doing and you question the approach, we need you to speak up. If there's an action that's violating one of our own policies, we need you to speak up. And I think what's happening is that people realize we do mean that. They are sharing their thoughts. And that's good. That's a good sign that people are not afraid to to bring up those concerns to us. And at the end of the day, we're getting the work done and we're tackling some of the worst locations. I've said this before, the blue line, in order to support the Sumner Tunnel, the fact that we were able to tackle those worst locations and be able to provide the headways that we are, the six minutes or less headways, uh, is a testament to the workforce, the planning effort that went into it. We could do that on the other lines, and that's where we're continuing to focus. We will get back to the blue line when the tunnel reopens because we still have some less intrusive speed restrictions there. But right now, the priority is on red. I know we have work to do on the orange as well as green, and we're going to continue to manage it in that focus. Workforce environment, make sure they're safe. If they're safe, their productivity will go up. If their productivity goes up, I'm certain we will start to lift speed restrictions sooner. And once we start to run more reliable service, then it gives us a chance to start tackling some of the less intrusive ones, but just equally important to us. Looking to the future, what are your long-term goals and what is your vision for the system? How does the MBTA plan to you know, innovate and improve and really just kind of meet the needs of an evolving world, you know, post-pandemic, hybrid schedules, growing downtown areas, you know, growing population? What is the future for the MBTA? Well, obviously, robust, reliable service that allows people to use the T on a daily basis without even a second thought, right? That from a perspective right there is people just taking pride in saying, let's use the transit system because it is reliable, it is robust, and it's right here in front of me. And that means the buses, that means the subways, that means the commuter rails, that means the water service, and for those that need it, the ride. The future though is about how does the T support quality of life? How does the T support the communities, the businesses, tourism, the whole economy, because the part about the T is we're really a vital component to those successes. And without it, there's not enough room to build highways and bridges that could support the needs to get around, right? All these modes go together. And with that, you know, the idea is to have one where our system is running really smooth, minimal interruptions with a very high on-time performance, and allowing us to continue to build on those transformative projects, the ones that are not only modernizing our system, where we have existing facilities, but then when we look to really taking us to the next level of zero emissions, there's a lot of discussion, and there's money in the capital program for electrification. There's money in the program for potential growth of our system and working with our sister agency, MassDOT, in supporting the opportunities to look at rail expansion. There's so many opportunities as we sit and talk to the different communities and local electeds to hear what they're looking to do in their downtowns. And one of the areas where I visited and I'm focused on, because we have a closed station there, is Lynn. You know, and there is so much strong desire by the delegation in Lynn to have that type of growth there. And without a station, you know, it's, it's very hard to see that. So we're focused on those types of areas where we can make both local impacts, but those local impacts will be best practices for others to see and to follow that model. And then for ourselves, 
that means we're building on each success. And what I'd like to do at the end of the day is make sure this agency is not only putting things back together with Band-Aids, right? The real thing is to build the agency for long-term success. So as succession planning with the employee in the workforce, right? People are coming up through the system. They're the most knowledgeable on the system, and they're the most likely and should be future leaders. So at the end of the day, all of us know when we decide to retire and pass the baton, we're passing them a system that's running smooth and well, so they will be successful. It's about how do we enable that transfer of knowledge and power to keep the system running, making sure you invest wisely, making sure that the long-term projects are the right ones, and that's through communication, feedback. You know, those are the exciting things because we're here only a short time on this planet, right? But we know our children, their children, you know, we're building for future generations and, and know you're leaving a legacy. And that's what public service is about, right? Making things better for today, but making them even better for tomorrow and beyond. Generations ahead will be very thankful for the improvements. Now, I've been hearing about this 100-day plan that you have. Could you tell us a little more about that? Well, you know, the 100-day plan was a number of initiatives. It's not the same as other locations that I've worked at. This is about really trying to make sure we change our approach, our culture, and, you know, maybe a little bit of that optimism that you talked about earlier. It's the can-do approach, right? Knowing that what we do is so important and vital to the public we serve, to our own colleagues too, right? We need to make sure we're doing it right. But the idea of this is not just a checklist. It's about really embracing what this role means and what this agency means to others and making sure that we fulfill our commitments to one another and to the public that we're serving. There are a number of things that are obviously involved in that. And those initiatives may be a little more visible, like the grade crossing safety effort that we're rolling out on the commuter rail. All 292 grade crossings will get a treatment that is one of the best practices in the world. And ironically, it's a very low cost treatment, but it's a very high impact measurement that is important to not only us, because when you improve grade crossing safety, you know, you're improving it for our workforce that are operating the trains, you're improving it for our riders that are on the system, but you're improving for those communities that those grade crossings are in and the motorists that are using the road. You know, those are the types of things that really are important as we look ahead. Other 100-day type initiatives will be obviously to continue to make sure we have a really good handle on our infrastructure, a maintenance plan, the stations, hiring a chief of stations and somebody who can really tackle the different needs in a way that we've never done that before. You know, I don't know if that's really a 100-day plan, but that is something that will be everlasting once we put this in place. Robust inspections, robust repair program, and really enhancing the customer experience when they enter our system. And every station is sort of a gateway to our system, and it's really a centerpiece of each community. Absolutely. I think just like in other locations where maybe they identify where they're from based off of what exit on an interstate, locally, I think a lot of you know people in Metro Boston identify where they live based off of what their local T-stop is and you know what that community is and how integral the role of the MBTA is in that particular community. So again, I know you haven't been here super long, but I do know you've hit the ground running and you've met a lot of employees internally. You've met a lot of our ridership already by being out on the street. What gives you optimism? 
What gives you hope? What moments? What is it that keeps you coming back to work the next day as you're faced with, you know, the very real challenges? What is the, the thing that keeps you going? Well, you know what? When I interact with the employees at all levels, I see this really strong desire to succeed, right? And I see a lot of folks that have been through a lot of challenging times. And really the best part of doing this, no matter how hard it is, is doing it together, being able to lift up one another and to have each other's back. There's such a joy of watching someone succeed because you gave them that little extra, you know, you can do it, right? And I think that's what is the fun part about this. Doing this together, no matter how hard, no matter how many hours we have to put in, and then watching, you know, the pride that people have in, in those accomplishments. I remember sometimes going into some storm events and you, you're watching a weather event and you think, oh no, how we get through this? And then you come out on the other side and, and everyone is really proud no matter how tiring those times are. And it's the same thing with some projects, right? You start off with an initiative and you think this is not going to be easy, but then you start having those conversations and you start having those project meetings and, and little by little you're building momentum. And those are the types of things where when people start to take the ball and run with it, you start to know that you've empowered them to do things. And that's not just me and my role. That's you and your role and, and your colleagues. And how do we support each other and watch people's success? And you know, at the end of the day, that success is our success, right? Because we all succeed together. And when one of us maybe perhaps slips, we slip together. But we have to have each other's back and say, that's okay, we'll fix it. There he is. He goes at it again. We're going to fix that. So as we wrap up, is there any message that you want to convey to the MBTA workforce, our riders and the general public? Well, you know, it's one of gratitude. Obviously, the workforce, they put in so much effort. And I know that, you know, we are continuously operating. And if we're not running trains in the overnight hour, we're out there fixing the system. We're maintaining the system, right? So it is a 24-7 operation, and you have to thank the workforce and the employees for that kind of nonstop commitment to what we do. The riders, they are pulling for us. You know, even when they're frustrated and they're expressing that, that is a sense of showing that they care, right? And I have to take that as, you know, uh, a comment to show why we need to do better because it's that important to them. You know, so really it's about knowing that we are committed to delivering, we're committed to our employees, and that, you know, there's no better place than to be doing what we're doing, being public servants and making a difference in people's lives, not only the people we work with, but the people we serve. Absolutely. Very well said. Mr. General Manager, thank you so much for being here. I know for sure we'll be having you back very soon to discuss even more of the inner workings of the MBTA, but thank you so much for your time. I look forward to that. Thank you very much. And that brings us to the end of the first of many episodes of Spilling the Tea. We hope you enjoyed our discussion with the general manager today. Transparency and open communication are at the heart of what we do here. We encourage you to continue the conversation beyond this podcast. Connect with us online and follow us on social media. Your thoughts, questions, and suggestions matter, and we're here to listen. We want to extend a heartfelt thank you to the general manager who shared his insights and experiences today. His dedication and expertise are instrumental in driving the MBTA forward. We also want to express our gratitude to you, our listeners. Your support and engagement make this podcast possible. Remember to subscribe to Spilling the Tea on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. 
As we wrap up, we invite you to join us in our next episode, where we'll continue to explore the stories, challenges, and triumphs that shape the MBTA. Together, let's build a stronger, more transparent, and efficient transit system for the benefit of all. Thank you for tuning in to Spilling the Tea. Until next time, keep writing and keep the conversation going. This is Andrew Cassidy, signing off.